0: welcome to below the forest floor my name is nancy and i'm here with my co-host slash husband ryan hello today we are going to be talking about scp 093 the red sea object and this is part two of the series of the scps that we've been working on because we do plan on doing more of these eventually
1: yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to try and pick out some more to try and get you to do because there are a bunch of them I think you would love. Some of them are really scary, which I know you're going to love. <laughs> um, the Some of the other ones, like the Tickle Monster and stuff like that, are just oh. such a wholesome... It's going to be a small episode for that one, but yeah. maybe we can tie in a couple of safe ones together with it, which I think you'll love.
0: I like that. I like, I like the soda can one. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, this is going to be like a little series on here. It's um, not every single day, like time that an episode comes out, we're going to be doing an SCP episode, but SCPs are going to be a regular thing we do talk about here along with like regular urban legends and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. If there's ever like a moment where there isn't something that we can really think about for an urban legend or something like that, uh, maybe we can look through the thousands of these <laughs> and see if there's some that are, there are some that are. Worse than others, so we definitely will pick the better of them.
0: I'm concerned now, but thank you. (laughs) So, what we did in the last episode is we gave a little bit of background of what SCPs are, and so if you guys want to know a little bit more about what an SCP is, you should go check out part one of this. And well,
1: you should probably check out part one before this one, anyways, because (laughs) you'll be lost. We're halfway through the story already.
0: (laughs) But we will give you a little bit of background and context as to what this story is about if this is your first uh listening of this at all yeah i understand so ryan would you like to talk about the summary of scp-093 the red sea object uh let's see
1: basically it is an object that is the size of like a small dinner plate i think that's what they kind of described it as um i don't remember the dimensions <laughs> but How it was dare you <laughs> yeah It's an object that whenever it is not touching a mirror or a mirror-like object or surface, it propels itself to, it almost feels like it's magnetized to a mirror. Uh, And if it's not touching one, then it starts to build up speed and build up speed until it'll rip through anything just to get to a mirror. And when it touches the mirror, it will slam against it. No damage will be done to the object or the mirror. And it will actually start to make the mirror... Uh, if it's being held by somebody, it kind of makes the mirror a portal of sorts. Where you can kind of enter into this mirror. Into another kind of plane of existence. Yeah. Um, and we've already gone through... In the last version, we went through two stories of different color variations because depending on the person that is holding it the object will emit a different colored hue to it. So we've already gone through the blue test and the green test and now Nancy is going to do the violet test and it is going to be moving on from there.
0: Mirror test 3 color violet subject is D Eight four nine three zero male twenty one years of age, average physique, subject's background shows instance of second degree murder of a police officer during a drug bust. Normally this crime, while severe, would not qualify a person for a sentence that would end up with us, but the murder of the officer was especially brutal and excessive violence was used. This subject was uncooperative and had to be reminded that his cooperation would only benefit him. Subject entered the provided mirror while holding SCP-093, which emitted a violet color. Outside technicians observed that the mirror retained a true reflection until the subject had completely passed into it, at which time the view changed to a cityscape, urban, lightly tinged in purple. Similar to the first test, Video feed follows in attached media. Camera flickers to life and pans around the area. Subject is what it appears to be a modern downtown district similar to a city like New York. The streets are mostly bare except for a few cars of unknown maker model. These cars look highly advanced and streamlined. Subject attempts to look into the car windows without being instructed to but backs away remarking there is a rank ass stank coming from the areas around Muslim, sir. I just hear Ryan giggling next to me. I read that earlier and I was like, I wonder if
1: she's reading ahead while she goes and it's waiting for the moment where you read that. And I, I was expecting you to just kind of chuckle at the <laughs> thought of it. And then that made me chuckle. So
0: <laughs> I was trying not to. I'm trying to be professional, <laughs> um, but that was kind of funny. Subject is persuaded to move closer to one car and does so with coughing, wiping off a window which is covered in dirt. The inside of the car appears to be completely filled with a strange brown matter. There is nothing at all visible other than the brown matter. Two other cars produce the same results. However, a fourth vehicle seems more recent than the others and the insides are immaculate. The doors to this vehicle also are unlocked, and Subject quickly gets inside, then shuts the doors. Subject is chastised for this behavior by Control, who reminds him his lifeline is nothing more than a cable, which is sturdy enough that closing the car door does not injure it, but they cannot recover a person in motion. Subject argues with Control over this issue and pans the camera across the dashboard, pointing out he couldn't drive away even if he tried. The dashboard is void of any recognizable controls. No ignition, no steering. It has several small blank screens that are theorized to be a GPS system. Subject remains in the car while control discusses how to proceed since the city landscape is far larger than the previous test destinations. Control debates this issue while Subject stares around the cityscape from the car. During one pan, a face is clearly seen staring into the car, eyes watching the Subject. However, this was not noticed until post-test footage review. Subject made no comment regarding this entity at any point. Control shortly after informs Subject to remain where he is, and an escort team is dispatched through the mirror to join him. A team of four armed personnel is sent through the mirror and proceeds to subject's location. Subject is then instructed to remove his harness, which is recovered. This subject's video feed then ends and is replaced by a wireless unit used by the escort team. The video quality on this unit is subject to more interference, but in order to mark the mirror exit, a receiver system is placed through the mirror. Subject leaves the car and now travels with the escort team. Given the myriad of possible options, they are instructed to simply move to the closest building and attempt to enter it. This building has etched glass doors bearing the name XEA Research Partners Inc. And the doors are ajar. A magnetic lock system is present, but has lost power. Team enters the building and main lobby. This area resembles a stereotypical corporate lobby There is a C-shaped receptionist desk with a chair pushed far from it as if it were left in a hurry. A PC terminal is at the desk as well. Team approaches the desk, and the camera bearer is instructed to examine the PC. The unit does appear to have power, and Faithful OS appears on the screen requesting a login and password. A keyboard is present, but it is remarkably slim, with touch-sensitive keys rather than press-down keys. After one failed attempt, the lock screen replies that maximum attempts have been exceeded and the PC turns off. No actual tower or power button can be located, so T moves forward. Behind the receptionist desk are two elevator doors, one to the left and one to the right, with similar touch sense keys. The elevator on the left is broken, the door open and the shaft empty. The elevator on the right appears functional and has power. Without a clear destination, the team is instructed to proceed to the highest floor and get a lay of the city. All floors appear to be accessible with the highest being 114. In reality, 112 as 13 and 113 are missing from the keypad. Journey up the elevator is uneventful during this time. The elevator does appear to take longer as it passes by 13 and then 113, suggesting that entire floor was built and nothing put on it. At 114, the doors open and team enters a large lounge-type area. There are many couches with dust on them. A widescreen, apparently LCD TV of approximately 60 plus inches in size dominates the wall in front of them with no power. A series of windows are open, allowing sunlight at the far end to which the team proceeds and angles the camera outside. The view of the city is astonishing. The building is one of the tallest visible, but certainly not alone in its stature. The city below is gray and silent, no evidence of life at this altitude. Some buildings in the city have a strange brown growth that appears to have been splashed against them as if A gelatinous mass was flung and then seeped down before hardening. Other buildings have floors where the glass has been shattered and the same brown substance is seeping out of the edges. One member of the team calls the camera bearer to the windows on the other side. From the other side of the building, the city edges can be seen. Attention is pointed toward an expressway that encircles the city, upon which crawls another of the large half-body humanoids, dragging itself with its elastic arms, as witnessed in previous tests. It travels the highway, then moves out of sight. The team returns to the elevator, and notes that a button has already been activated for floor 74. No one has approached the elevator, so the team agrees to travel to this floor. On the 74th floor, the doors open and reveal a waiting area to what appears to be a doctor's office. At the reception desk, there's a sign-in sheet with a series of names and dates. The dates on the sign-in sheet all carry the year 1953. A PC at the receptionist area is on and functioning at a user desktop. The background for the PC is a large set of praying hands with the word Faithful OS under them. On the desktop, there are a series of folders with years on them containing files that, when clicked using the center button of the mouse, open to a word viewer. All files appear to be appointment information. On the desk is a notepad titled, From the Desk of Dr. Bariski, Blessed Purificationist. The door to the doctor's area is sketched with the same name and title as well as the crucifix. Opening this door leads to a white, dust-free hallway that has two examination rooms and a key-coded door at the end. The examination rooms are unremarkable and typical of any doctor's office, all medicine cabinets are empty. A small amount of C4 is, <laughs> is placed at the lock to open the key-coded door at the request of control and then blown, forcing the door open. The area it opens into is much larger than the reception area itself, and seems to contain a series of large containment capsules. There are a total of six of these capsules. Two are broken, and a brownish-amber material coats the floor coming from them. One is empty, and the last three have nude humans floating in them with breathing masks. Attached to the front of these tubes are medical charts showing vital signs and conditions. For symptoms, the charts explain in somewhat awkward English ailments that seem more like flaws of a personality or character or just incidents that have occurred with the patient. Control asks for a zoom of one of the patient pages on the chart. Citizen Jennifer McZerka did suffer a lapse of the heart that did lead her to lay with her neighbor twice upon nights of her husband's departure from their home. Patient did submit herself into the Lord's and our hands for cleansing of mind and body. Prayer administered by High Father Uwalikin, and Patient submitted to a three-day period in the Lord's tears to cleanse her system, then released in good spirits." The topmost page reads, Citizen Alberius Farifan struck out at a High Father during a sermon, blaspheming that the Lord's tears did turn his daughter to be unright in mind and heart, thusly laying blame for her whorish activities at the feet of the High Father and his blessing. With no proof of these blasphemes, the Forgiving Judge and the Punishing Judge did agree that Alberius Farifan should bathe in the lord's tears himself for a week to be cleansed of mind and soul thus to prove his daughter's ways are fault of not the father's hands and to give him peace of self subject who has been traveling quietly with the escort team now begins to panic the camera pans to focus on him he is surrounded by entities similar to those witnessed in the first two tests escort team reports that the subject is having a panic attack but Control requests them to stand still and wait. Subject screams at the entities, which are denied to exist by Team Commander, stating Subject is alone in the corner.
1: So that, what's interesting about this part is that, you know, in the other two tests, when people have, uh, like the the people behind the camera have been seeing entities, but the person that's there could not, this guy saw those entities, but no one else that was with him could
0: I did not notice that until you mentioned it. Ugh, <sighs> I'm getting nervous. I legitimately had nightmares the night that we recorded and uploaded the last episode. I don't know if I... Because I no. woke you up. Yeah, I woke you up in the middle of the night and I was like, Hun, I had a nightmare and I think you might have been half asleep, but you're still very helpful. And you were like, it's okay. You know, you're trying to calm me down and you're like half asleep, I guess. State. Oh,
1: I just don't remember. So yeah, probably.
0: But yeah, like, oh, this is just... <sighs> okay, I'm going to... Finish reading this one because it is scaring me and I would like to find out what's going to (laughs) happen. Control requests that one team member be dispatched to approach and recover the subject. The escort team member approaches the subject as ordered. On the video, the figures part to make a pathway for the approaching member who lifts subject to his feet and brings him out of the corner. Figures on video are then seen closing ranks to close the path. Subject is lifted to his feet by an arm and escorted through the figures that close their ranks when subject is moved. They remain steadfastly staring at the subject no matter where he moves to. Control requests the team now return. Team turns to leave. Before leaving, a team member mentions something noticed at the reception desk. A binder labeled the Lord's Tears. Control requests binder be returned as well and it is stowed into subject's field kit. The team returns to the elevator and returns to the ground floor. Upon leaving the building, subject points down the street toward direction of entry point. The camera pans to a section of raised expressway across which one of the large torsos is crawling slowly. The entity turns its featureless head to look at the escort team, raises its head to the sky, and emits a bellowing sound. Team leader issues the order to move, heading for the spot marked by the wireless video receiver. The creature on the expressway extends an arm down that stretches to touch the ground, before the camera moves to the port. All team members, save one, move through the entry point. Subject moves through entry point, and mirror returns to reflective surface. SCP-093 is dropped by subject who panics and tries to fight his way out of the room. Subject is terminated by a team leader after he draws the field kit pistol. Team Leader requests portal be reopened, but it takes several minutes to find someone who can hold SCP-093 and generate a similar color. When a matching color is displayed and applied to the mirror, the video receiver is visible and all individuals report a horrific smell. Team Leader moves through the entryway with control person blank. The uniform and possessions of the escort team member who was left behind, are present and recovered, but the member himself is nowhere to be seen and does not respond to shouts. Member assumed, KIA, and wireless receiver recovered. Control and escort return through entry point and mirror returns to reflective surface. Later review of the recovered camera shows escort member blank grasping at the air where the entry point should be and then turning to look up at an oversized torso. A brown gel seems to drip off the creature as it moves that disappears shortly after being dislodged as if evaporating. Several shots are fired at the creature's face with the automatic weapon carried by Blank that land in the face of the creature, causing a spray of less viscous brown liquid to pour from the wounds. Blank screams obscenities as the face of the creature descends upon him and the camera is pushed to the ground camera feed remains dark for approximately 65 seconds before light comes back and the camera films the creature crawling back to the expressway and pulling itself onto it, then crawling in the direction it was originally headed. Blank believed to have been absorbed by the creature and perhaps digested. This may have been an example of how these unknown entities feed by direct contact with living material. Further study is recommended to be avoided on this issue. Returned ledger filed as blank. So, your thoughts on uh, that one? That was weird. <laughs> that was like, that was legitimately creepy. And I think I might have a nightmare about this one. So I was like visualizing it so much when I was reading it. Which parts? Um, the parts about like the people in the tubes and the oh, yeah. uh, the for some like the creepy parts where they were gonna get fixed by the tears and all that oh yeah yeah. that That really freaks me out yeah it's like Uh, cult stuff
1: the other side that was that always got me with this one especially when you'd watch like some of the ones on YouTube where they have like a a cartoonified version of it but the one in the car
0: they make cartoonified versions of stuff like this
1: yeah there's two YouTubers right now I can't remember which ones they are but there's one that's like uh, SCP animated or something like that that actually they do little flash animations of these stories and it's awesome oh um but the one in the car i think when he's like panning the camera and there's a face and the eyes are
0: following him Uh, as he moves but he doesn't see it i that's one of my biggest fears it's like for something either grab me from under the car or like for me to see something out the window of the car
1: (laughs) that's actually that was one of the things i want to do for that that game idea that oh i had oh my god no, where no i was like have it so randomly if you're just walking down the hallway or something like that there'll be something in the window looking
0: i hate that <laughs> i hate every second of that why did they leave the guy behind i'm like so confused about that was it like an accident or yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. it, w- it would have been i thought they are so like probably, let's let's see what happens if they catch him and then they all left i believe what it
1: is is that because the the subject and the item the scp came through the portal first oh and it, it might be on like a time limit yeah. where you know you're supposed to follow in quickly the guy might have slipped fell tripped something like that and was left behind
0: yeah is there like since it seems like there's a cutoff do you think maybe like someone could get stuck in between oh yeah
1: oh oh like i don't know about that much um, like but they'll
0: be like halfway through and then just you know, just turn oh. solid and they die. Or yeah, something? yeah, I
1: I know what you're talking about because that was kind of like one of the things that happened in the Doom movie where like they would do the teleportation. And someone got caught halfway. What with a portal like shut. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things like that. I've but never heard I don't of that. I don't know about with this per se because I don't think any of them really explain anything like that.
0: Because this one had the guy like not making it through, so I was like, okay, well, if there's like a time limit, will it just shut the mirror off on that person?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: I'm not sure. And then it might I... be one of
1: those things where like the SCP itself made the mirror like passable until there's nothing touching it. Maybe. Maybe. I
0: don't know. I don't know. That was just just theories. Just us talking about that. And so up next, Ryan is going to be reading the yellow test. And then we have one more after that. And we will give our final thoughts on all of this.
1: Okay, next up is the Mirror Test 4, color yellow. D-class subjects no longer authorized for testing, probably because of what the last guy did. Testing focus has been shifted to data collection after analyzing the articles brought back from the previous three tests to better understand the fate of the world that was accessed by SCP-093 and determine if safeguards or practices are required for our own world analysis of the brown fluid on the clothing of the lost escort team member blank has been filed with other recovered articles. Dr. blank which there's, it just always says Dr. blank so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna refer to him as the doctor from going forward. So the doctor has volunteered for this test as out of the possible candidates he was able to cause scp-093 to undergo an even a new color change. There is no evidence in the doctor's background of any illegal or criminal behavior, nor of any psychological problems. When presented to the mirror, the view changed to that of a cubicle office environment. For this test, the doctor opted to use the wireless video system and forego the pulley system entirely, stating that he was confident that he would be safe as none of the torso creatures have been witnessed within a building, probably because it couldn't fit, uh, where the mirror's destination showed. Video feed commences as the doctor has crossed the mirror. As the prior test, SCP-093's current color, yellow, tinges all the video material. Camera flickers to life and pans across a series of plain white cubicle constructs. Approximately 30 of them are visible. At the far end of the point of entry is an office module built into the wall with frosted glass walls and a glass door. The doctor approaches this door and investigates the etchings that were written on it senior manager stanley millimits the door is then unlocked the doctor enters the office and examines the desk a coffee cup is on the desk a dark brown stain covering half of the inside as the liquid has been evaporated there is a donut on a plate which the doctor picks up and lobs at a wall on impact it thumps like a rock and falls that's an old donut A file cabinet in the corner of the room draws the doctor's attention, and he goes through each shelf one at a time, stopping in the second drawer and taking out a file, then going back to the first one and taking out two others. Continuing to the third and fourth drawers, he withdraws four additional files and spreads them all out on the desk. The files are blue filing folders, and he points with his finger and the camera at the symbol on each of them has praying hands. Stating aloud for the camera that all of these files are stored in yellow folders and the blue folders are placed in his field kit. Camera attention is turned to the PC on the desk that is logged in and functional. The doctor comments aloud wondering where these devices are getting their power from as he has noticed no power outlets. This PC's desktop contains the logo for faithful OS and it even has sounds i love how that was like emphasized there it's like it has sound no speakers but it has sound clicks of the mouse are followed by a soft hymn-like hums and opening the icons followed by angelic bells that's creepy though the pc fails to yield any useful information to the doctor who abandons it and leaves the office approaching the other end of the office floor the doctor presses a button on the wall for the elevator and enters finding he is on the 34th floor Wasn't the 34th floor where the other team was in the last one when all the crap happened? I can't remember. I don't feel like going back and reading. (laughs) Um, He's on the 34th floor of the building having an unusual number scheme. The keypad layout goes from minus 115 to 115. And it includes all floors because you know how elevators mainly never have like the 13th floor and stuff out of superstition. Yeah. Okay, so this one does. And the last elevator the guys are in didn't have a 13th floor either.
0: What would negative 115 be? How far are they going down? That'd
1: be 115 floors below ground. Oh my god! You can imagine how big that building would have been. Um, let's see. Before pressing a floor button, the doctor requests that the wireless video transponder be moved to the elevator, which they usually had it at the entry point. Um, and replace, replace where the video transponder was with a construction cone to mark the entry point so they know where to go back to. A second transponder unit is placed outside the elevator and control is instructed to recover the second unit and seal the test chamber should something happen to him because where he's using the wireless video feed they would need to have the transponder close enough to make sure that they actually get the data back to them. Um, then, when all of it is arranged, he presses the button to go down to the minus 115th floor. The descent down the elevator is long, consuming 15 minutes. It's weird that they mention it and that they talk about it as consuming time. But I guess it's a, whatever.
0: Foreshadowing! <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Uh, during this time, the camera experiences one malfunction where the image jerks and turns to snow. What?
0: Oh, like when uh, the...
1: Oh! Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Restoring to show 14 other figures in the elevator with the doctor. As the video pans around, all of whom move as he moves to allow him space. Like anytime he moves, they kind of like move around him in a weird way. They remain there for 35 seconds. Then the camera flickers to snow and then it returns. The doctor is now alone in the elevator dancing as is assumed by the ducks and sways of the video feed so he's he's dancing to no elevator music i'm guessing unless the elevator does have music but that's kind of funny the doctor pauses to comment on a ri- a rising stench coming from below him as this point the elevator has reached floor negative 108 the doctor presses negative 110 to interrupt the descent down and exits when that floor is reached The elevator door opens to an enclosed observation deck with several PCs and chairs. All PCs appear to have power. The ceiling of this desk is also glass and above it another desk is visible. The doctor approaches the monitoring stations and checks one of the PC screens. On the screen is the faithful OS logo and a video feed toggling between four different views. The first view is a room of tubes similar to those found in the test at Violet, which number in the thousands. The second view is a closer up view, and these tubes as a camera glides in front of each to monitor the contents. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's the it's it's going a little bit closer and it's panning from one side to the other to kind of look at the people that are inside those tubes. All tubes the camera passes by are broken. Wow, that's a lot then. The third view is facing the opposite direction as the camera glides vertically, checking each observation station. A total of ten can be counted and the doctor is visible as the camera passes by his own station. Looking up, he sees a, ha- a hovering camera unit with no visible means of propulsion gliding up past him. The fourth view shows the ground floor below the observation deck where a single, astonishingly large torso being is crawling in circles, bumping into walls and changing directions. From the camera feed, the creature's estimated size is six stories. Nancy's sitting here giggling with her hand over her mouth at uh, the, how how big these creatures really are.
0: It's scary. I didn't think they were that big.
1: Yeah, they're definitely <laughs> massive. Okay, that's so that's an
0: understatement, sir.
1: Yes. <laughs> Returning attention to the contents of the PC, the doctor moves a video log aside to see a simple text editor that was hidden behind it. A printout of this text was recovered and filed in the field kit. The printout directed the doctor to a safe on floor 54 and provided a combination for it. The doctor leaves the observation deck and proceeds to 54 without event. Arriving on a cubicle office floor, he proceeds to the desk mentioned in the document and finds a safe hidden beneath the desk undisturbed. The combination provided opens the safe and reveals a notebook filed in the the field kit and a peculiar revolver that has been returned as blank dash blank in addition to the 24 rounds of ammo found with it now that revolver has shown up in a bunch of these tests it's mentioned revolver 24 rounds of ammo it's happened a lot the one with the the two bodies yeah. there was a revolver there too the doctor proceeds back to the elevator without event and returns to floor 34 Given the sheer number of floors available to explore and the vital information obtained from the observation deck, the test is considered over and equipment is retrieved. Before returning through the entry point, the doctor investigates a terminal nearby that has power and it finds it shows the exact same screen the one on negative 110 shows. It is theorized that the author of the note installed the network virus to propagate it throughout the building so any PC on that network would be found in the information discovered. The doctor returns through the entry point and the mirror returns to a reflective surface. All materials are filed with the other SCP-093 recovered materials. Analysis of blank slash blank that would be the revolver and the ammunition for it postponed for the reason that it would require deconstruction of one of the rounds as they may be beneficial until testing of SCP-093 is resolved and the video ends. The next test is classified as the red test. Okay, so before we move on to the red test, Nancy, do you have anything to? S- what did you think of this one?
0: This doctor got very
1: lucky. <laughs> he did. He didn't have to. Ha- he didn't have to worry about anything except for some some creepy camera angles and a drone that kind of passed by. Him.
0: Well, yeah, the one. Well, he did see the giant thing crawling around down at the bottom for a sec. Well, yeah, yeah. So that that's a that's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if it's
1: six stories tall, it's not going to fit inside the building.
0: I mean, he can make himself fit, surely. (laughs) I'm 100% sure something of that stature could make itself fit wherever it would like.
1: That's a fair point. (laughs) I almost said an airplane reference because you said Shirley, so I was going to say, like, don't call me Shirley. (laughs) Uh, Anyways. Womp womp. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. SCP-093 Mirror Test 5 Color Red. SCP-093 distributed amongst staff until a new color would be generated by contact with it. Service technician Blank was able to cause SCP-093 to take on a fierce red hue and a a glow much brighter than the object's normal color. Blank agreed to assist with the test of SCP-093 as per the doctor's request. Blank slash Blank, the revolver, was given to the technician to use in this test. When applied to the mirror for the test, SCP-093 generates an unknown environment. No color tinges appear to be present on the displayed destination, which is comprised of red stonework. The technician enters the video and video capture begins. Video flickers to life and technician blank, known hereafter as subject, is viewing a large cylindrical pillar that is rotating on its own. Object is of unknown height and appears to be 1.8 meters or 6 feet in width. Holes are distributed throughout the object at seemingly random intervals. On occasion, a beam of white light is emitted from one of these holes. Turning of the camera finds that the beams are connected to a multitude of objects that are similar to SCP-093 that are part of the room's walls. The room turns out to also be cylindrical in shape with countless copies of SCP-093 in it. Subject turns back to the entry point and finds it has a section of the wall that is missing its own copy of SCP-093, presumably the one that was carried by the subject. Other sections of the wall upon inspection are also found to be missing their copies as well, leading to a speculation that this may be some sort of a central array. Subject finds a ladder on the floor while examining the room and proceeds to go down at Control's request. The latter exits into a large room full of computer equipment that appears an antiquated com- Wait. Yeah, antiquated. See I was right. Computer equipment that appears antiquated compared to previously encountered equipment. Large computers running on reel-to-reels are clicking and spinning at various locations. A light bulb of unknown meaning turns on for about 10 seconds and then turns off. A large CRT monitor is displaying single words in 8 colors as roughly f- at roughly 5 second intervals, while observed with the words clean, unclean, clean, clean, lost, unclean, flash on the screen. Proceeding through the room it ends in a large glass window as another observation deck. This deck looks out over another series of tubes as witnessed before but far fewer and filled with a blue liquid. What appears to be electrical current dances over many of the tubes at erratic intervals. At least five tubes at first glance are empty and broken. At the observation window, a keyboard is displayed with a pedestal awaiting a selection to be made. The options available on the screen are tube status, which waits for a numerical input, reports, situation X549, situation X550, evacuation log, Bullshit. That <laughs> that one always gets me. Still, it's like one of the one of the options is called bullshit. Uh, agent blank dash blank dash blank report and facility fire plan. Uh, video expunged. All selections that generated text were transcribed by the subject and verified by a control member who passed through the portal to recover them. This process took approximately two hours, and the video feed was deleted to condense on this report. Recorded documents were filed as blank dash dash blank dash blank video interrupted. Control lost contact with subject approximately 30 minutes after departure of the control tech. Subject was asked to remain in the area and observe the machinery and the containment room to make observations for debriefing. The SCP-093 mirror portal returned to a reflective surface prematurely and all video contact with the subject was lost. Control was unable to re-establish due to SCP-093 being across from the mirror, not in it. A time lapse of one minute and forty eight seconds was recorded before the mirror portal re-established itself and subject returned through the portal. Subject appeared to be in good health and condition despite the time loss but spoke very little. During immediate debriefing, subject underwent sudden convulsions and medical staff was alerted. While attempting to subdue the subject, he displayed enhanced strength and used the revolver to shoot one of the debriefing staff, killing them. Guards shot subject once with a sidearm in the heart and once in the chest, but the subject did not fall. All staff evacuated the room and a second shot was fired by the subject, which missed. A more heavily armed team entered the briefing room and used automatic weapons to dispatch subject. Reports confirmed the subject did not bleed when shot but instead leaked a green-brown substance that seemed to be a mixture of the solutions observed in some containment tubes and the material that was recovered during test 3. All further SCP-093 tests have been discontinued while review of the materials recovered is in effect. A secondary tape recording device was found to be activated in the field kit after loss of video feed and its contents have been filed with the other recovered materials. All recovered materials from SCP-093 testing are level 4 classification. Release must be approved by no fewer than two level 4 personnel. Staff with acceptable clearance please sign in with Dr. Blank for access to the materials recovered from SCP-093 tests. And that concludes the story of SCP-093, the uh, the Red Sea object. What did you think?
0: That was terrifying.
1: Anything else?
0: <laughs> I am sure I'm going to have nightmares tonight about this. this I'm is, sorry. That's fine. I'm, I'm excited for everyone to listen to this episode. My mom, even. She was like, oh, yeah, I like the one with the CD. You know, like. she. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how I know she listened to it. And she liked it because <laughs> I had to send it to her in parts.
1: This was actually one of my favorite ones, and I would love to give you a little snippet sometime of, I think it's SCP-6000, which is the uh, the longest serpent creature. Um, that one's got a couple of cool facts about it, but I would love to maybe have that be one of them. Yeah. I'll give you a couple of, <laughs> a couple of really cool ones uh, sometime this week, and you can kind of pick what like the next scp one whenever we want to do one of those what the next one
0: might be yeah so i can't remember um during the stories that we were reading did it talk about the disc making noises at all during the tests
1: no not that i realize i don't believe it's made any noises
0: because you had sent me a video a little while back Mm -hmm. of the scp 093 that we were currently speaking of And the person that was reading every information that they had gotten that you sent me said that it does make noise. And I found it interesting that it did not mention that in any of the tests, but it did mention it in that video series that you had sent me that was giving information about it.
1: Uh, Okay, I wonder, because I remember that one of them that I sent you, they did uh, kind of add some things to it. So maybe that was one of the things that they added. Do you think, is it canon or do you think it's something they just
0: did to make it more spicy?
1: They might have, but I'm not sure. It could be a 50-50 on that one. So, it could and yeah. it could not. Because
0: according to some of the stuff that they said, the SCP-093 makes noises and it was making a noise the day it was discovered because it was discovered on a beach um, and when they found it, it was apparently making this very low humming sigh mm. and it just stopped when, when they went to go get it. It just stopped doing the noise, but... They, they did mention that around some female uh, personnel that are at the facility, it will make noise around them as well.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't remember hearing about any of that. So that's that's interesting to me.
0: Yeah, it was like in the very, very first oh, okay. uh, video that you had sent me. I was like just sitting there like I didn't read any of this in any of the, uh, the websites that you sent me. Yeah, I don't remember it either. So that's interesting. Um, and apparently it was... Found on the shore of the Red Sea, which is the Red Sea object. Yep. Um, And it was yeah, found... Yeah, it wasn't
1: named Red Sea object because of the color, cause, but yeah. it did look like it was made of cinnabar. Uh, yeah, cinnabar.
0: Which is a reddish It's kind of stone. a
1: reddish reddish gray stone, or a reddish brown stone.
0: And it was apparently found 53 years ago on January 30th, 1968.
1: Yeah, see, I don't remember hearing anything about that either, so that's interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And it was, uh, when it was washed up on shore, nobody was sure where it came from. Some people speculated possibly Atlantis or because so they had last, no idea where it came from. So
1: the last test definitely probably, uh, um, made it interesting for you where yeah, kind because, of answering
0: that. Because at the beginning of that, everyone was like, well, where did this come from? It was just found in the sea. Where did it even, how did it get to the sea? Yeah. And then show up on that shore. Cause...
1: Going through, we're going to have to go through the recovered materials sometime then because it does kind of paint a little bit of a bigger picture of the religious aspect of this with, like, some of the people that the whole clean, unclean is kind of, like, going in the way of, like, a, uh, remember the whorish daughter yeah. and stuff like that? They were considered unclean. There were people that were unclean that were, like, the 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 Lord's Tears, whatever mm-hmm. it was called was I think it was almost like a poison but don't quote me on that one I haven't read through the recovered materials in a long <laughs> time but there was something about that and those gigantic creatures were people at one time mm. or something like that
0: right do you think like they were cleansed they were cleansed they people, were maybe? they were the
1: unclean oh actually
0: really the other
1: way around the, oh my gosh. The, the people of the quote-unquote church like whatever yeah. they considered themselves then um
0: they were the ones that were clean that's so weird that's that's so creepy like so do you think that maybe the text on it is religious text yes yeah absolutely it is oh that's really interesting yeah. um yeah another thing that before we hop off uh that I had heard from the video you sent because it was apparently all things that they had researched, right, about mm-hmm. this. Um, some notes that I took was, it said, on April 26th, 1986. Uh, so that was just like a few years after they found it. The SCP-093 turned blue for almost an entire hour when the body of another SCP was found at the containment facility and, and it was they, next to it.
1: Did they say which one? SCP-194. Which one was 194? I was about to get to Oh, actually. So I was like, that's interesting, (laughs) because blue was... Which test was that one?
0: Uh, I think it was, like, the first or second one. It was in, like, part one. The first one was...
1: The first one was the subject that had the attempted suicide and murder. Okay, so that's the blue one. So which... Okay, so which SCP was it then?
0: Okay, so... It does it's, uh, does talk about SCP-194, which I will tell a little bit of the story. It says, the story doesn't indicate what SCP um, is was doing around the disc at the time. But on the wiki, it says, SCP-194 is a two-seater speedboat. On... SCP
1: that is a speedboat? Yes. <laughs> I haven't heard of that one.
0: Yeah, and um, it's two-seater too, Ryan. Don't forget about that. <laughs> Uh, On the SCP Foundation website, though, SCP-194 is a different creature. It is a raven-like creature. Okay. So that was probably...
1: So what it might have been was um, two different people kind of had the same number. And I would say probably the one with the website is the true one then. So it's not the speedboat. It would be the raven. That's kind of funny because um, murder and attempted suicide with a raven yeah as it kind of turns it blue yeah that's interesting
0: yeah and there was no indication as to how or why um the disc would respond to any other objects or creatures because it was only interacting with humans from everything you were telling me
1: and i think that that's why in the beginning it did mention um uh like animate objects sort of thing Mm -hmm. so or or living living being
0: being, yeah. yeah okay And so, yeah, apparently, according to the website, um, because it was two different things that I read, but yeah, it was found next to the body of that SCP. And I was like, well, we'll, I'll get into that one later about what that SCP is, because I didn't really look up too much on it. But I just really thought it was interesting that it was found near something dead. And I don't know if it had... Oh, the bird was dead? Yeah, it's up here. It says it was found uh, next to the body. Ah. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe, like, something happened. Maybe, because it's an SCP, so the bird could be doing anything. It could be very knowledgeable, because it's much more than a bird, right?
1: I guess that in order to really dive into that, we might have to find out more about the... uh,
0: The SCP. The
1: SCP, the Raven. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting, really. (laughs) Like, because where blue... The blue color came from murder and suicide. Yeah. And it was... Blue near a dead bird. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Those are like some of the notes that I had taken um, that I, w- I wanted to talk about because I thought it was really weird. And it does talk about it uh, kind of just not just going along with like regrets because I know at the very beginning when I was reading the story, it talks about that the colors are based off of regrets. But I read later that it also... Um, is just based off of mood mood swings in general ranging from calm to severe depression and it would change with that as well and it apparently does that with different genders as well because when it hums around women it does say that it also has turned like a fiery red orange color around the female uh personnel
1: i do remember hearing something about that also and at the same time also the the disc itself can cause a person to go kind of insane panicky paranoid that's why some of the other ones they've kind of the mm-hmm. guy that got terminated stuff like that so it 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 causes it as well
0: yeah so <sighs> it's so a very weird
1: <laughs> like uh, a mood stone
0: yeah right except it's real <laughs> well not real right because we don't want to scare anybody <laughs> younger that might be listening uh <laughs> but that i just thought it was really interesting with some of the things that i'd found out and i was just like in the first part of that video that i was reading or listening to and some of the my own research that i was doing as well which is awesome thank you <laughs> and so yeah that was this episode on scp 093 part two do you think ryan
1: i've always loved the story i've went through it so many times so many different times i've Really enjoyed it, and then after we did the first SCP one, I was like, "We really should try and do this one because <laughs> this one would be really cool to do."
0: Yeah, and I'm really glad that we did this as well. I am going to be doing more episodes on urban legends soon as well because we've been doing a lot of like creepy pasta stuff. Yeah, we can do some, some other ones. <laughs> I would
1: love, I would love to do an episode on the Wendigo.
0: Oh, <laughs> the really?
1: the like, um, the ones from Celtic folklore. Yeah the the one with like the the skeletal deer head and the tall body i would love to get into those ones if
0: you can remind me because i will forget (laughs) just let me know that can be our next episode all right i would love that all right (laughs) and we do have a special announcement that has to do with the podcast coming soon i am not ready to announce it yet um because i'm still working on it i have a lot of things in the works for the podcast that will be something i hope you all will enjoy and I cannot wait to tell you more about it. I'm trying to like say it without saying it. So stay tuned. Um, if you fo- if you don't follow us on social media, we are Below the force Floor on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, pretty much almost any social media site. And that's where we will be announcing everything that we would like to tell you guys about. So if you want quick announcements, that's where you will find it. If you really don't care just stay tuned to the next episode because i will be announcing it in the next episode which i am not going to announce what even the episode is next because i'm kind of excited about it
1: and uh for anybody listening to this get a hold of us on social media on any of them and just let us know what you thought of this story because i'm curious as to what how other people um have responded what, yeah what kind of thoughts you guys have on yeah. this story in particular
0: this was weird this was one of our way weirder ones yeah. I, I it was pretty intense actually
1: there are some other scp ones that i really want to get into yeah. that are worse than this one like oh, worse no. as in like crazy not like worse as in written Disturbing. or like or... It, that yeah or just like bad stories oh, in oh, general yeah but no some of them that i've read is like ooh, i gotta show nancy this one <laughs>
0: Well, I'm excited. So we obviously have lots of content planned for the future that we will be working towards for you guys. Um, But yeah, super excited to announce a few things in the next coming week or so. So keep an eye out on the next episode, keep an eye out on our social media page for all that stuff. Just wanted to put that out there. If you guys are enjoying the episodes, we would love some feedback from you all. We really appreciate hearing from everyone and if you would like ad free episodes like at the beginning of these episodes i have to put an ad of course you know it's how we get anything out of it um if you want ad free episodes and you want to stay up to date on behind the scenes stuff we do have a patreon where you guys can go and for as little as a dollar you can actually um get access to something i haven't announced yet which is one of the announcement things and for five dollars you have access to ad free episodes which means You can download them as well. And they're all full episodes. They're not in parts or anything. And we try to higher quality. They are higher quality because they are uploaded straight to there, not through a distributor or anything.
1: Because the distributor anchor usually gives an issue sometimes with like really big files. So we usually had to condense it down. Yeah. So you get to have the the nice quality ones.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So if you guys are interested in that, we have a patreon you can go to patreon.com slash below the forest floor and the different memberships is the one dollar membership does not have the ad free stuff it's the five dollar membership but the one dollar membership is the forest nymph and the second one uh the five dollar membership is the forest deity (laughs) because i thought it was just clever but anyways back onto SCP-093. It was really creepy and scary and I absolutely loved it and I cannot wait to do more episodes so you guys get to hear the full spectrum of all of the creepy things that we basically listen to, talk about, read about when we're not doing the podcast because we just love horror in general. And that's why I believe SCP-093, the Red Sea Object, belongs with us here below the forest floor. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. We appreciate you guys being here with us every other week. We appreciate you guys supporting us and always being here for us. And we hope you have a wonderful night.
1: And we'll see you guys soon.
0: Yeah, with a new announcement. Bye.
1: Bye.